Well, good evening. We're going to try that again. Good evening. It's great to, to see you all here. Um, let me just encourage you. Uh, you have chosen the service that has far less distractions. So uh, I think 95% of our families with young kids were here in the first service. And so let me just encourage you, you're going to be able to hear most of the message, I think, which is going to be really helpful for you. We had a really sweet time. We're really, really encouraged, and we're so grateful that you're here. And uh, it's important that we set aside uh, from the busyness of this life uh, to just refocus, to get retuned, reoriented back to what Christmas is all about. And I want to begin to, by simply asking that question, what is Christmas all about? This past Sunday, I, I closed the service, if you were there, with a, a story, a news story about an elementary school in Kentucky that was performing a, a Charlie Brown Christmas. They were doing that as their school play, and the script was to follow the classic Christmas movie except for one not-so-minor change. At the most pivotal moment in the play, at the climax of the story, and if you know this story, you know how it kind of works itself to this, this climax. Charlie Brown has brought the most pitiful, pathetic-looking Christmas tree in the world to all of his friends, and he gets mocked and laughed at and ridiculed, and he stands there in front of his friends, and in frustration, he says these words, everything I do turns into a disaster. Poor Charlie Brown, right? And then he says this, he says, I guess I really don't know what Christmas is all about. And then he cries out with his eyes closed and his hands raised, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about? At that moment, with the scene set so perfectly, Charlie Brown's friend Linus, who's standing behind him, says to Charlie Brown, sure, I know what Christmas is all about. And he walks out into center stage and he calls for the lights to be dimmed to go down and he begins to quote from the word of God. He begins to quote Luke chapter 2 verses 8 through 14 and this is the most pivotal part of the entire movie. Then he walks off the stage, he goes right over to Charlie Brown and he says to him confidently, that's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. And then with authority, he puts his thumb back in his mouth. But in this school play in Kentucky, when the question is asked, isn't there anyone who knows what Christmas is all about, the producers of the play in the school had determined to simply delete that section, to delete the answer, to remove the scripture from the play leaving a hole in the storyline of the drama, and more importantly, listen, leaving a hole in the storyline of God's drama. What should have been the climax of this play in this school is also the climax of all of human history. What was supposed to be the most pivotal moment in this play is actually the most pivotal moment in all of human history. Sadly, I think this is really what happened in this school. is kind of a modern-day parable of the world that we're living in. There's so many people who celebrate Christmas and they love to celebrate Christmas and yet they are missing the very meaning of Christmas. Somewhere along the line, maybe because of culture or upbringing or simply their stage in life, the meaning of Christmas has simply been deleted. 
The meaning is left, in a sense, as a fill-in-the-blank where any answer is perfectly acceptable just as long as it's right for you and it makes you feel good. And Yet the meaning of Christmas isn't subjective. The meaning of Christmas isn't to be determined by you or I or anyone else. The meaning of Christmas is actually objective. It's based on historical truth and is determined by none other than God himself. And yet, as the play was unfolding so fascinatingly at this climactic moment where there was supposed to be a blank, and I'm not sure what they had planned, but I know this, the parents planned a subtle, yet not so subtle, protest, and all of them in unison stood at this very moment, and they had orchestrated this so perfectly and quoted the very words of Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. And that's what I want to really read from today and focus on for just a moment as we hopefully reorient our thoughts back to this simple question, what is Christmas all about? And if you have a Bible, you're welcome to turn to Luke chapter 2, verses 8 through 14. If not, it will be on the screen behind me, and you can follow along as I read it. Here's what it says. It says, In the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. This is truly the answer to the question, does anybody know the meaning of Christmas? And yet, what I would say to you, this is somewhat of a summary of what Christmas is all about, and it takes a little bit of examination to really understand some of the more important things that we need to be focusing on, and so I just want to do that with you this evening. And the first thing I want you to see is this, Christmas is all about the glory of God. Christmas is all about God's glory. On this night, the stars and the moon, did you notice this? They weren't the only things that were lighting up the sky, All of a sudden, as these shepherds were keeping watch over their flocks, in a moment, the blazing brilliance of God's glory burst forth all around them. In an instant, they go from watching their flocks to gazing upon an angel from God and being in the presence of an angel from heaven. But more importantly, look, they're standing in the presence of God himself. Glory is what radiates from God. It's a visible manifestation of his presence to humanity. It's God giving a glimpse of himself to humanity. It's been said like this, as light is to bulb, so glory is to God. Though God is omnipresent, he's present everywhere, sometimes he chooses to manifest his special presence by giving humanity a glimpse of his glory. And here's why this is so, so important as we look at the Christmas season and we think about what Christmas is all about. It reminds us that this night, this event, and this day that we celebrate at this time of year is not primarily about us. 
But, but listen, our culture has commercialized Christmas. It's materialistic. It's driven by you and me, our needs, our wants. And yet what God wants us to see is that it is fundamentally about him and his glory. This whole event, this whole occasion is God-ordained, it is God-designed, and it is to be God-centered. And did you notice, this is so fascinating, did you notice the reaction of the shepherds? You and I might think, well, wouldn't, it be, wouldn't it be awesome to see God? I mean, wouldn't it be amazing? I think that would just be so incredible. And yet what we see time and time again, when humanity is exposed to the glory of God, the instant reaction, notice what it says in the word of God here, they were filled with fear. They're utterly terrified as they see this manifestation of the presence of God in their midst. Throughout the Old Testament, the presence of God was understood to be a terrifying reality. But I want you to know this, it wasn't always this way. Adam and Eve, the first human beings that were created, they once walked openly, freely, and joyfully in the very presence of God himself. But the moment they rebelled against God, the moment they said to God, we do not want you to be our king anymore, the moment they disobeyed his word and violated his commandment, they too were terrified of being in his presence. The word of God tells us that the guilt and shame of Adam and Eve, it drove them to hide from God, to hide from his presence. And the reason is fairly straightforward. The reason they were so terrified to be in the presence of God was because they knew in the moment of sin that they actually deserved to be punished. His presence, his glory, is like a floodlight that shines upon our lives and it reveals to us all of the spots and blemishes, all of the shame and stains of sin. It reveals to us who we truly are. In light of who he is, we see ourselves clearly. It reminds us that he is so very different from us, that this is a God who is holy and beautiful and majestic and mighty. There is no spot or blemish in him at all. And so when his light shines upon us against that backdrop, we see who we truly are. He is so different from us. He is so transcendent. But in this moment, God's glory signifies something truly, truly important. It signifies the unfolding of God's plan to fulfill his promises to restore his people back to his presence. We, we read about, about the Old Testament prophecies, some of them in the scriptures, and there are so many that are fulfilled in the coming of Jesus, but God had always planned on rescuing his people he made promises that he would come for them and the ultimate goal was to restore them back into a loving relationship, back into his presence. Christmas is all about God's glory. Don't miss that as you celebrate with your family this important time of year. It is all about God and his glory. Secondly, note this, Christmas is all about God's grace. That was for emphasis. Christmas is all about God's grace. Verse 10 says this, and the angel said to them, fear not. 
This is so fascinating to me because fear, as we've just looked at, fear is the actual right response to the presence of God. It is the normal human response. And the act of grace of God coming to these people and saying, listen, this is not a time to fear. In fact, I bring you, this is what the word of God says, good news of great joy that will be for all the people. In other words, they're told that this is not a message of bad news, though it could be. It could be a message of God's judgment. Oftentimes, the presence of God showing up, the glory of God showing up meant judgment and punishment. This is not that time. It's not a time for despair or sadness or discouragement, though it could be that as well. No, instead, there is good news of great joy, and I want you to not miss this phrase, and it is for all the people. God's grace is being extended to the world, to every single human being, and there's a reason why, because all people are in trouble because of sin. There is no human being who is not guilty of sin. There's no human being who could stand before a holy and righteous God. And yet the message of Christmas, the point of Christmas, is that God is having mercy on sinful humanity, and he promises that one day everything will ultimately be made right. We live in a world that is often crazy, confused, and chaotic, Chaotic, right? Would you agree with that? If you don't, you don't have little kids. We just watch the news one night, one evening, and that can be just such a source of anxiety and fear. All of this, all of the chaos and confusion and destruction in the world, every single bit of it is a result of sin. And deep down, I really believe with all my heart, deep down we all recognize that this is not the way things are supposed to be. That something is seriously wrong in the world, that there's a problem that needs to be solved. And this is why humanity strives for world peace or social justice or the eradication of poverty, but to very little or no avail. Good news of great joy is hard to find in this upside-down world. Instead, we're often ruled by bad news and great anxiety. The world of 2015 can be a scary place, and most of us find ourselves grasping to something temporal for security, whatever that thing may be. And we live in a world where it's very, very difficult to fear not. In a recent article written by a a man named Jason Sorosky, he notices something fascinating in the speech that's given by Linus. Yes, I'm sticking with the Charlie Brown theme, okay? I'm going to keep that weaving that through here tonight. He, he notes this. He notes that all of the characters um, are known for something. All of the Charlie Brown characters or the Peanut characters are known for something in particular. They all got something unique about them, right? Charlie Brown is known for his you know, unique striped sweater, right? Does anybody remember what Linus is known for? Linus is known for his ever-present security blanket, right? He's always got that blanket on him. And throughout the entire story, people, all of his friends, and you know, they're mocking him, they're ridiculing him, they're trying to separate him from his blanket. And yet he refuses to give it up. He refuses in the midst of the mockery and the scorn until this one moment... And I never saw this before, 
And it was fascinating when I went back and I, I watched the clip from the video as Linus, remember, he's the one who's explaining the very meaning of Christmas in the Charlie Brown Christmas movie. He walks out into center stage and he begins to quote from Luke chapter 2 and he gets to the words, fear not, and instantly, in that moment, he drops his blanket. The author of this article says this, that Charles Schultz, who is the creator of Charlie Brown, and was saying through this one act that the birth of Jesus separates us from our fears, frees us from our sins that we cannot free ourselves from. It allows us to simply drop the false forms of security that we have been grasping so tightly and learn to trust fully and cling to him instead. Christmas is all about God's grace in telling us that there is good news of great joy. That we need not fear. That we can have true peace, true security in the one place it can be found because he alone has come to solve humanity's greatest problem, sin. Lastly, notice this, Christmas is all about God's gift. In God's grace, the story of Christmas is about how God came from heaven to earth to rescue us. This is the good news that's expressed in this passage. Verse 11 says, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. The birth of this baby was anything but natural, and I'm sure you've heard this story before. This is completely out of the norm. This is completely supernatural. God brought about this child because this child is not a mere human. This child is none other than God himself. This, by the way, is one of the greatest mysteries and the greatest miracles in all of the word of God. Nothing even comes close to it. The, the miracle of God creating the world out of nothing is nothing compared to this miracle. The miracle of Moses parting the sea, the miracle of Jesus raising the dead has nothing on this miracle that God, listen, the omnipotent, the infinite, the eternal, almighty God of the universe would make himself a mere, humble, lowly man. That mystery I think we will be wrapping our minds around that for all eternity. And yet this is at the very heart of the Christian faith. Because this is God's gift to us. That God would be born a child so that he could live the perfect sinless life. He had to come, notice what it says, this will be the sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. This is God. This is incredible. God would become a baby. Why didn't he just come as a fully grown man? Because God had to grow up. He had to be perfectly obedient in every way to every command of God. Jesus Christ becomes what you and I could never be and could never do. He obeys from every single age, every command, every law, every word from God the Father. He does it perfectly. And because he does what we cannot do, he becomes the perfect substitute for you and I. He can now stand in our place. The cradle ultimately is all about the cross. 
where Jesus Christ, the sinless one, would suffer and die to pay for our sins. This is the greatest gift of all, the gift of rescue from our sins, the gift of salvation. You know, tomorrow we're all gonna sit around trees and pass gifts around and we're gonna watch each other's faces and maybe we'll watch our kids' faces as, as they have excitement, anticipation, and they're opening the, the gifts with great joy. It's a good reminder, gifts are a sweet thing, aren't they? And yet, what I would submit to you is that a gift is utterly worthless and utterly meaningless unless it is received and opened. I mean, if all the gifts you have tonight just remain under their tree tomorrow and nobody whom they were intended for grabs a hold of them and opens them, they're utterly worthless, they're utterly meaningless, it doesn't matter what's inside if nobody grabs a hold of it and opens it. Well, God gives a gift that is worth infinitely more than anything money can buy. God gives the gift of his son, not around a tree, but upon a tree. So why would God do that? For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son. There is the gift. The gift is held out to all people. The gift is offered to all people. But maybe you're asking the question, well, how do I take that gift? How do I grab a hold of that gift and all of the benefits that come to me through that gift? How do I have the forgiveness of my sins? How can I know that I will be with God in eternity? Well, the rest of the verse makes it very clear that whoever believes in him might not perish but have eternal life. That is the taking of the gift. That is the unwrapping of the gift. You must believe in Jesus Christ. Let me ask you today, do you believe that Jesus Christ lived the perfect sinless life? Do you believe that he became the perfect substitute for you? Do you believe that he stood in your place and Jesus received what you deserved so that you could receive what he deserved? Do you believe that Jesus not only died but he rose from the grave, that he paid for sins completely in full and that by trusting in him alone, you can have his perfect life and life eternal. One author says this, he says, God eternal became a child so that through his life, death, and resurrection, we could become the children of God. What a night this must have been. God's glory, God's grace, God's gift, all on full display for all to see and let me close by reiterating the words of Linus. That's what Christmas is all about, Charlie Brown. 